So the House recently passed the $15 minimum wage on the federal scale, finally putting an end to all the campaigning, all the hard work, all the dedication, all the focus that Bernie Sanders has been putting in the last few years. Uh, even more than that, but, you know, the last few years is if you just want to count the campaigning and running for president. But it's a very good and very important milestone for America. It's a very good milestone for the progressive movement and just progressive ideals. Um, this is something that needs to be done because, look, face it, you know, far, far, far too long we haven't gotten our fair shake as just the average, you know, Joe, the average Jane out there working their asses off to make a living. And we haven't had a federal increase or a raise by the federal government since 2009. It's been 10 bleeping years since we've had an upgrade in our pay scale, not in favor of giving more money to the people. Your brain is broken. It's as simple as that. Your brain is broken. This is not a radical idea, clearly, because there are states across the country that have already implemented this on the state level, as far as New York and California and, you know, other states like mine in Connecticut, we finally passed that for our state, the $15 minimum wage. That's going to be incrementally uh, uh, issued out. So it's very interesting to see that Nancy Pelosi finally, finally got off her ass and decided to do some leadership, uh, decided to be a leader. And, you know, as critical, as hypercritical as I've been to Nancy Pelosi, I am... You know, I'm not a I'm not a fool. You know what I mean? Like I, I call a spade a spade. You know, whether I'm right or whether I'm wrong, I'm always going to admit that. I'm always going to tell it like it is. And if somebody is doing a good job, then I'm going to call it out for just that. It's a good job. Whether I'm a fan of yours or not, I am going to give the appropriate credit for what is being done or what is beneficial for you know the greater good. So. Shout out to Nancy Pelosi for at least bringing the $15 minimum wage up in the House for vote. Because the, the thing is, when you're the Speaker of the House and you have that kind of power, you have the power to bring anything up to a vote. And if you don't want to bring anything up to a vote, then it will get buried. And for so long, a lot of these progressive ideas were buried because of Nancy Pelosi. And now that she finally got up and she finally finally decided to be a leader, she allowed it to be put up to a vote, and it passed. And you know what? You got to give her credit. You got to give the devil its due. You know, she hasn't really accomplished anything since the Affordable Care Act, and this is a very, very good uh, law to pass. This would be definitely a positive to put on her resume. She can at least say, you know what? I passed $15 minimum wage, a progressive idea. And you know what? You got to give her her credit, like I said before. But, you know, this is also me trying to go at, you know, I want to go after the critics, you know, who've always criticized this move. You know, I just don't understand why anyone would be against people getting a living wage. Why would you be against that? If a person, you know, a, a single mother working nine to five, 40 hours a week, sometimes two jobs to make ends meet, single mother, two kids or whatever, how many kids that single mother may have. She's hardworking. She gets things done. But you know what? Her full-time job, A, doesn't give her 
the, the adequate enough pay, and B, they don't provide health care. So what is that, you know, single mother going to do? She's going to go to the state for that assistance. And once she goes to the state for that assistance, whether it's food stamps or whether it's even, you know, a medical, a lot of people don't understand, hold on before I finish that thought, a lot of people don't understand that food stamps, that's not all what it's crapped up to be, trust me. You don't always get that much money when if you make a certain amount of money even if you don't really make crap even if you make less than a living wage there's a possibility that you might not even get that much in food stamps there's a possibility that you might only get like a hundred bucks in food stamps or sometimes even 25 bucks a, a, a month i've seen it i've seen it so it's not always guaranteed you have to literally be broke or jobless to get an adequate amount of money to, to buy food. So let's shelf that for a second and get back to the single mother theory that I'm trying to put together for you guys visually. The single mother is working their, her ass off. She's making little to no money. And that's because her job doesn't want to fucking pay her. And then when the job doesn't want to pay her, she has to go for that assistance with the state. She has to pick up what her... The state has to pick up what her job won't do. So that could be, uh, like I said, it could be food stamps. It could be health care. Usually it's both. And you know who's on the hook for that? Not the company. It's us, the taxpayer. The taxpayer has to pay for that because the corporation that she works for doesn't want to pay for it. So perfect example. It's like a Walmart, right? Walmart for so long got into a lot of trouble with its employers, I mean employees, because they wouldn't provide, you know, medical. They just wouldn't provide it because for so long what the little trick they would do is they would, you know, consider workers full time, but they wouldn't give them 40 hours. And the cutoff usually for a lot of those jobs is about 35 hours or 36 hours depending on the job or the corporation, where it's considered full-time pay and you can get benefits. So the little trick that Walmart used to do was they used to just undercut the employee. They used to undercut them. So instead of giving them that 35, 36 hours, they would give them 32, just so they won't make it to that full-time benefit. And then what happens? Then we, the taxpayer, has to pick up what Walmart didn't pick up. So this happens a lot. This happens a lot. Not to mention the corporate welfare, the rampant corporate welfare that's going around. And for those of you who don't understand what corporate welfare is, let me slowly break it down for you. Corporate welfare is when a big, big multinational corporation tries to open up shop in a town somewhere in America and they get tax subsidies to say, oh, this is, we're creating jobs, we're doing this, we're doing that. So we, the state, pay them millions of dollars just to open up. Not to mention you're a multinational corporation, you're a billion-dollar company, but you need tax subsidies from us, the taxpayer. That is corporate welfare. And for so long, conservatives would complain, bitch and moan about that single parent that I just talked about, getting a few dollars from the government and say absolutely nothing when it comes to the big mega corporation getting millions of dollars for corporate welfare, and they would ignore that. So 
my point is the criticism about $15 minimum wage, the criticism about giving a fair share to the people by people, i.e. conservatives, is absolutely ridiculous. The argument is just dumb. Absolutely dumb. And for people who want to make that argument, your brain is broken. If you want to defend multi-corporations, multinational corporations uh, by getting subsidized money from taxpayers, corporate warf- welfare, if you are in favor of that, then something's wrong with you. Something's absolutely wrong with you. So am I behind $15 minimum wage? Absolutely. And the thing is what people don't understand is all that $15 does is just get you a little above the poverty line. The poverty line is, I believe, and if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong, I think it's $25,000. If you're below $25,000 as far as a household income, you're below the poverty line. So a living minimum wage or i.e. $15 minimum wage is going to get you around 29000 without overtime and all the other stuff. It's still not technically enough when you consider inflation. Is rampant. It is insane. It is the cost of living is insanely high now. Not to mention schools and all these other things that you have to worry about. Unfortunately, once it passes the House, it has to go to the Senate, and we all know that the Republicans control the Senate. You know, not by much, but it's like a few. Um, they have a few more Republicans, senator, uh, Republican senators than the Democrats. So unfortunately, it'll go to the Senate and it'll just die because Mitch McConnell, who is right now the uh, Senate Majority Leader, is not going to bring it up for a vote. So it'll kind of just settle until you know the Democrats can hopefully take over the, the Senate and bring it up to a vote. But even if they controlled the Senate, it would have to go to you know 45, the Orange Clown, and then the Orange Clown would have to either sign it into law or veto it. On the flip side, I'm thinking about it, maybe that would be an interesting prospect. Let's say it did pass the um, the Senate. Say the Democrats were somehow able to get control of the, the Senate and then pass it, and then Trump's still in office, and then it gets to his desk, and then he vetoes it? That would be interesting to see how his his uh, his base would act if Trump vetoed a $15 minimum wage, because a lot of his base lives below the poverty line as well. So, you know, a lot of them are struggling. A lot of them in, you know, these rural areas don't really make, you know, barely make a living wage. So that'll be, that would be an interesting dynamic to see if he would, you know, lose some support from his base if he was to veto a $15 minimum wage. But we're probably not going to see that. But it's okay because at least, it's past the House. So at least it's sitting and it's going to be on ice until the Democrats, A, take over the Senate, B, take over the White House. So great news all, you know, overall. I, I definitely, like I said before, I got to applaud Nancy Pelosi. She finally did something. She finally roared or she finally, you know, did something that has something to do with being a leader. And that's all I ever cared about when it comes to my criticism toward Nancy Pelosi. My criticism is not off base. I don't expect things that 
I'm I'm not a fool, like I said. <laughs> I'm not trying to shoot for the moon and, and, and not understand or, or be realistic as far as my expectations are concerned. My issue with Nancy Pelosi has always been her inability to fight for absolutely anything. She doesn't fight for nothing. There's no fight for anything. So that was always my issue with her. Fight for something. Stand up for something. If you claim to be a progressive, then fight for our progressive ideals. If you don't want to fight for those ideals, $15 minimum wage, Green New Deal, free college, uh, you know, uh, Medicare for all. If you don't want to fight for any of those things or you don't even want to be you know, on the side of those things, which <clears throat> most Americans are if you check polling, if you're not on that side of, of, of of history, then you need to step aside and let you know someone else who has a little bit more heart and a little more backbone uh, in them to go and fight and move forward. So that's always been my issue with her. But in this situation, got to give the devil her due. She got it done. That's all I ever wanted is for her to fight, and she did it. Now we just have to wait and see how the rest of the government shakes out for the foreseeable future so we can get this passed through and signed and have this enacted into law. Thanks, guys, for listening. This was the latest episode of the Voice Junkie Podcast, episode 38. As always, I appreciate you for listening and taking the time with me. Until next time, peace.